Welcome along, it's Oshin and Daniel in with you this week because Richie is off in Rio where he's doing no work. He's not doing a bit. He's not doing a bit. He's not getting seven buses across the worst traffic in the world every day. He's not going to multiple venues and doing many, many interviews and sounding expert in all of them. He's not taking calls from News Talk Breakfast at three o'clock in the morning, his time, and going live. I'm not sure if you know this, but I was speaking to him yesterday. He was uh, out at the Olympic Golf Course speaking to Seamus Power, Waterford's Olympian, before the golf competition, which gets underway today on Thursday. And I was saying to Richie that how how likeable power seems and not many know about him and his reply to me was it's nice to actually know a nice Waterford person oh that hurts yeah. that really really hurts yeah and power how left, could he say that power, about John Milan? power left for America I think 10 years ago and he's still probably more of a Waterford man than you'll ever be he definitely is well I'm sure they're prouder of him and with very good reason <laughs> because he has actually achieved something war of the words is that what we're calling this week I think that's fair. Yeah. Brian Kerr going off on one but in Soccer Republic. Did he really, though? I think he was... He was measured. He was measured, but he's very passionate. And maybe that may uh, look like a man going off on one against Frank Gavin. But I think Kerr had some very salient points. He does have an axe to grind with the FAI. And no one would blame him for that. Yeah. Um, you could say we, that the FAI grind his gears. Absolutely. They grind a lot of gears. Let's be fair to them, though. Um... I spoke to the fans about this. Not every single League of Ireland fan, although I'm that sure that's possible. No, for some clubs it would actually be more than possible. But um, by the time we cut out the angry swear words and ranting towards certain members of the FAI management, this is what we were left with. Uh, do you think the FAI are doing enough for clubs? They're not doing enough. Okay, that's a joke. We'll play you the rest of that a little bit later on. Where were you speaking to these fans? I went actually to the Bray and Dundalk game. And the reason I did that was because A, I have no life and I'm bored. B, the Joe Ward fight wasn't going to be on until quarter past 11, so I knew I could do the game and be back, be back for that. And C, it was actually a good microcosm of fans from the top end of the Premier League and the, and the bottom end of the Premier League. A club that have struggled but are now succeeding and a club that are struggling and are struggling despite their 2-1 win. And we'll get to the nature of that win yeah. in just a moment. I heard but, Before that, I heard Carl Moore had a very good goal. Yep, and I definitely saw it. Absolutely, definitely saw it. It wasn't like you were getting any chocolate based substances. No, no, absolutely false that I was off uh, getting a certain light chocolate treat at the time. The red car and the blue car had a race. All Red wants to do is stuff his face. He eats everything he sees, from trucks to prickly trees. With smart old blue, he took the Milky Way. Well, I absolutely admitted it to Carol afterwards in the interview that I uh, missed the goal. So, Carl, for those who didn't see it, describe the goal to us. Well, Oshin, it was a cross from here and a goal from there. Yeah, that's not exactly what he said. Do you actually want to hear what he said? Go on, let's hear it. Okay, you know what? We'll hear from Carl um, Moore in just a second because it's been a tough time for Bray. They've had their, their troubles. It's been well documented. Their manager, Harry Kenny, has come in. He's steadied the ship. Uh, Bray in 10th position. Longford bottom on 10 points. They're really struggling. Dundalk, by the way, still six points clear despite the fact that they lost last night. Uh, but uh, Cork City have two games in hand. Now, we saw last Monday Cork City fluffed their lines losing 2-1 at home to Sligo Rovers. We will hear from Harry Kenny and Carl in just a few moments because I think it's important we hear from Bray because they're the one club we haven't really covered in detail yet. We haven't taken a trip there. So we will hear from their manager and one of their kind of key players, Carl Moore, who's been good this season. But first, we want to hear from Stephen Kenny because it's now two losses in a row in the Electricity League Premier Division for them. You could nearly write off the one against Galway last week for obvious reasons. But last night, Wednesday night, you can't write that off. They've had the ample rest time. 
They've had the recovery time. They had time to get it right. And quite simply, they just didn't. I asked Stephen Kenny after the game though, did they lose a match last night that they really should have won? Because they definitely did have the chances and they definitely did have the possession and all that and all the things that you need to win a game without actually getting the goals. It's hard to believe really that we've come out of no points in those two games. We haven't, in the last three years, we've never lost two matches in a row and we've never looked like losing two matches in a row. You know, I think uh, we've only lost one game in the whole of last season. Obviously Cork are beating and Cork are the only team to beat us this year up to up to Friday. So it's, uh, it's quite disappointing from our point of view. It's a terrible couple of results really to, to get, come out with, from Friday, Wednesday with no points from those two games. So we have to... Uh, have to reevaluate that, and, and um, you know we're still top of the table, um, but we've a tough schedule going forward. Yeah. One game, you could understand. Two games, it turns into a bit of a habit. How worrying is that for you? No, it's not worrying. It's just disappointing that we lost tonight. We should have won tonight, and uh, uh, you know I think uh, you know I think just we just. Um, didn't didn't play as well as we could have uh, tonight, and uh, Bray were very good to be fair, and uh, obviously Dylan Conley was real handful with his pace, and uh, you know in the second half, but we we we, um, we should have had a game, we should have been well on, we should have been two or three in front in that first half period. I'm sure there were choice words in the dressing room afterwards. I appreciate there's a sanctity there, and you can't tell us everything that went on, but was there certain messages you were trying to get across or do you do you wait for a couple of days and then put those messages across because maybe guys don't receive that information straight after a game like that no, it's, it's, it's really clear you know we have to be absolutely 100% focused on every single game and, and we have to put our body on the line in every single game we can't just um, go through the game with you know a reasonable degree of effort and, and in second gear 1-0 up should be 3-0 up yeah. uh, and then lose the game um, so is that down to energy levels or what is it down to mentality is it something you notice even before a game Jesus these guys aren't focused we could be in trouble or do you only notice that during a game well I think uh, listen that you know I think the fact that we conceded from two set plays you know particularly the first one you got to be concentration levels have to be high and have to be willing to attack the ball in the way that we didn't and uh, that was a poor goal to give away Harry congratulations on a great win uh, we'll talk about the performance in a second and how it came about but first of all what does that mean to your lads to get a win like this against a team like that well it means three points for starters um, it's a fantastic win we're delighted with it we've been playing reasonably well um, I presume Dundalk have one eye on the, what's coming up for them uh, during the week next week but uh, what it means for us is gets gets us further away from Wexford, gets us up the table a little bit, and it's a fantastic scalp to get. It's, it's, I'm delighted, delighted. Is it noticeable when you're playing a team like Dundalk who've done what they've done and have had the praise lavished on them like they have had in the last couple of weeks, and deservedly so, that your lads are a bit more motivated for a game like that, they're a bit more up for it, they they go into a tackle a bit harder they, they pass the ball a bit crisper I wouldn't say that really like like Rovers are the same you know they're a top four team we played them recently Bowles in Daly Mount recently Sligo away to Sligo we've got results there all along we don't treat anyone any different we, we're a hard working outfit that, with lads that have a desire and a will to win games and uh, we treat Dundalk the same as we would treat Longford or any teams that are down around us at the bottom of the table might be a subconscious thing though I mean you don't even have to say it lads don't even say it it just 
they just raise the level just of that course, bit. Of course, yeah, yeah. You, you talk, you, you're looking at what they're doing on the TV or going to the games and seeing what they're doing. It's fa- absolutely fantastic. And uh, yeah, maybe you're right that, you know, subconsciously that, you know, we're, we're playing this lot and they're doing fantastic for the country and for the league and everyone is uh, maybe that given that little bit more because guys might feel as well you know what fair play don't duck but we can do what they do we're a league of Ireland players we deserve that kind of praise and they go out and they take it like they did tonight yeah you're right like as I said after the game it's still 11 v 11 on the pitch and uh, football is very funny it throws up all sorts of results whether teams are down the bottom and playing against the top teams football will always throw up results and uh, certainly throwing up tonight talk to me about what you said at half time the game is at one all you probably equalise against the run of play what's the instruction yeah well um, we didn't play that well I said to the lads at half time we can play much better than we did in the first half regardless of um, who we were playing I just felt and certainly in the first 20 minutes we gave them too much respect and stood off them a little and, and admired what they were doing and I said lads we got to start playing now we got to show them we were we were lucky to be 1-1 one, one going in a half time we acknowledged that and we wanted to show what we could do in the second half and I think we did that it's our first time talking to you since you became manager your team looked like they have a, a real shape about them tonight even when they didn't have the ball is that something that you've really been drilling into them because if you have a shape you have a chance Absolutely right, yeah. We, we changed the shape a little bit and uh, we also got in new players, John Sullivan Hold in the middle of the pitch and Kevin at left back. We didn't have a left back up until uh, a couple of weeks ago, so those lads have helped um, the shape of the team, as you say, helped the morale, and we've got results in the meantime. But yeah, the shape has been fantastic. What's the aim from here to the end of the season? Our aim is just to climb up the table and stay in the Premier Division for next year. That's it. End the story. We're out of the cup. We just want to be looking upwards and uh, aspiring to get up into the middle of the table. And a win like this will help? Big time. Carl, that was some free kick in some moment for you. Yeah, uh, I was delighted with it. Um, don't normally take them, um, but no one really fancied it tonight. So uh, I stood over it and uh, caught, it, caught it well and luckily it went in. Do you practice those? Uh, I kind of just mess about in training, you know, before and after, just taking shots and doing it now and again but um, no, don't, no don't, not normally on them so I don't take them but I think I might uh, have to start taking them now <laughs> What was the thought process leading up to it? Did you kind of have something in mind like we'll say a rugby kicker does we'll say you know guys go through their pre-kick routines we see it in rugby we see it in GA obviously you don't show that in, in, in soccer because yeah. you know you don't do the hopping up and down or the arms out but do you have a pre-kick routine? Yeah I mean uh, to be honest I was trying to stay a couple of yards off the ref and trying to bring it inside more to give myself a better angle you know more in line with the goal and I think I managed to do that as, as from where the free was but um, other than that I think you just have to kind of take your time and concentrate you know because it, it was a high tempo game you know we used a lot of energy in it so we were always uh, going 100% so we kind of just need to get your breather get your focus and uh, you know just concentrate keep your eye on where you want it to go and set yourself and get the technique right Something I spoke to Harry about was the fact that when you're playing a team like Dundalk who are top of the league and who have done what they have done in Europe, they're getting lavished with praise. And you might think to yourself, you know what, I'm a League of Ireland player. I'm as good as they are. I want to show what I can do. Was that part of your kind of build-up tonight? Whether or not that was on purpose or not, I'm not sure. But was it part of your thinking? Yeah, I mean, um, Dundalk, obviously, they are an excellent team and they deserve the praise for what they've done uh, both domestically and in Europe recently. Um, but yeah you're right at the end of the day they are all 11 people playing in the same league as you at the same level as you um, I've played with a good few of them uh, throughout my career uh, so you know uh, you're, you're at this level and um, 
you know, I played them last year with balls and beat them, you know, so um, certainly the attitude to us is, you know, it's another game, we're on a good run, it's our patch and we can go and beat them and, you know, the way we are at the moment, we're confident we can beat any team in the league and um, obviously give them the, the respect they deserve, but, you know, we have to have that confidence ourselves. Obviously, I, I'm not a regular visitor here, but it looked yeah. tonight like you were getting a few extra percent out of yourselves. Do you think that was the case, given what we've just talked about? And do you think that that extra percent came from the reasons we just outlined? Yeah, I mean, I, I'd say probably in the, in the first 20 minutes we were outran by Dundalk. You know, we got to grips with their system. They were one up. Uh, then we, we got back into the game, maybe, um, against the run of play. But, you know, that gave us something to, to hold on to. And, you know, that with the, with the attitude coming into the game, you know, we had that little bit extra between our teeth that we had something to hold on to, you know. And then we had the adrenaline and we just kept going and kept going. And then, you know, we got the goal. And then, I mean, like... Then um, you know we just had had that to hold on to, so that just gave us that extra bit of motivation to see it through to the end. And everybody was running around, and everybody done their job to a man. And you know it was an excellent effort from everybody. Unfortunately, you don't get bonus points for a win like this. It's, it's just yeah. three points, but it is something more than that, isn't it? When you beat Dundalk yeah, or, or a team like them. Yeah. Um, it, at the end of the day, it is three points. A fantastic win, and you know do morale good and. And you know, certainly send a statement out to, to the rest of the league. You know that we're no mugs, yeah. but uh, it is three points. And you know, we have to maybe not get ahead of ourselves. You know, we have a big game next week. You know, we are third from bottom, and um, but we're we're closer to the teams ahead of us now than the teams behind us. You know, so we can start looking up the table, be wary of the teams behind us as well. But you know, realistically, we want to catch the teams ahead of us, and, and that's the attitude of the club. I've no doubt you've done a lot of good things in the last couple of weeks. You've worked hard, you've played well, but does a result like this just send the message out there? I know it's been tough for this club, but we're working hard, we're getting there, we're good. Yeah, I mean, we always felt, um, you know, we, we got off to a horrible start, um, you know, and, and uh, we always felt we had it in us to turn it around. Um, it was just a matter of time before we got the rub of the green and, you know, uh, <coughs> Harry came in and, you know, we, we had four difficult games at the start, Rovers, Pats, Cork and Dundalk, to, so... It wasn't a, it was a baptism of fire sort of for him. So, um, you know, then we eventually we got it right and we started picking up results and the confidence grew and, you know, the team we got more used to each other and how we're playing and uh, you know we've really kicked on and seven games unbeaten now. Like so we're on an upward curve. We're only letting two goals in seven games, one from open play, which was tonight. So um, you know we're we're doing the right things and we want to continue that. How difficult or otherwise has it been to block out the stuff that happens around the team, the stuff you can do nothing about, but it affects you all the same, or it has an effect on you, or certainly, well, it's not a good thing anyway. Yeah, I mean, like, we're just we're just a bunch of lads, football players. It's our job just to get out on the pitch and, and play football. Everything else is secondary, you know, so it's, it's the end of the day. Like, it's something you've been doing since you're a kid. Just go out and play football and enjoy it and do it right and, and try and get it. Must, it, it, it can't be a good thing, though. It has to affect you in some way, shape, or form. And it, it you know, it actually is a massive compliment to your professionalism that you're able to go out and perform like that given some of the troubles um, yeah well I mean it, it, it's anything that you know that goes on you know it's, it's, it's none of our concern uh, we can speak personally myself like you know we've never been involved in, in anything bad here the club's been run perfectly and you know the people here uh, have been nothing but good to me and uh, never had any difficulty so they, they give us the best uh, platform to play on you know so it's uh, I really enjoy my time here and you're on free kicks for the rest of the season now? Uh, yeah, I think I might have to take free <laughs> kicks now, yeah. This is the SSE Artricity Lee podcast on News Talk. In there, you heard from Bray player Carl Moore and his manager Harry Kenny. Before that, you heard from Stephen Kenny. My moment of the season came last night at the Carlisle Grounds. Okay, this better be good. I sat with the Dundalk fans because, well, quite frankly, I'm too good for the other members of the press. 
and I heard, overheard a chat between two of them. We were sitting on the dart station side of the ground. The that's where you side. go. That's where the most coast the, side. That's where exactly. more of the away fans would sit. Exactly. And there was stand. no rain last night, thank God. But anyway, there was a big kind of clap of noise. And one of the Dundalk fans said to his buddy, we're going to get some shower of rain. And your man said, you, you do realise that's the dart. <laughs> He, he thought it was a clap of thunder. He, he thought it was thunder. Okay, yeah. That was my moment of the season so far. Listen, best of luck to Dundalk who play uh, Legio Warsaw next week in the Champions League playoff round. First leg. We'll be all over that game at the Aviva. I'm really, really, really looking forward to it. Dan, obviously this week, a lot of talk about the FAI and whether or not they're doing enough for clubs. Are clubs doing enough for themselves? That whole situation has been debated ad nauseum. Um, Brian Kerr had very strong things to say on Soccer Republic. Frank Gavin, who is a very decent footballing man, defended the FAI's position. I don't think he was overly clear on what the direction they're going is. I think that's the big problem with the FAI. They're saying, we want to work with the stakeholders, we want to work with the club, but we're not getting any specifics. And that is a big issue. Uh, Emmett Malone of the Irish Times, who's a very fair-minded pundit regards these things, uh, was on Off the Ball's League of Ireland slot. And this is what he had to say in reaction to what was on Soccer Republic. And I guess in reaction to the whole situation. Well, I think it's clear that other clubs are keeping stone. We haven't had anyone come out and say that they're not taking the 5,000. I think that uh, for the most part, you know, you talk to people from clubs up and down the country and they are frustrated at the way the league is run. They're frustrated at the FEI's inaction or inability to deliver a greater change, uh, greater leadership, greater investment. But the bottom line is that they get fined every time they say anything and so they, they talk in private but you can't get people to go on the record. If I can if I can say here, I'm just going to read back through some of the stuff over the last few years. From 2007, the, the, the launch of the league under the FEI for the first time. Yeah. Uh, Fran Gavin said that day, this represents another Piece. This was in reference, sorry, to the to uh, the, to the launch of a kind of a promotions program. They were spending five hundred thousand euro uh, between them and the clubs and various other people on having club promotions officer. Uh, Fran Gavin said this represents another piece of the jigsaw for the Aircom League uh, falling into place. Uh, this is a vital part of a strategy for us. These people will uh, all have the game in their blood, and we're confident that they're going to play a huge part in making the league a success. Noel Mooney, who was the overall marketing manager at the time, said. It's going to be a revolution. At the moment, the league is seen as something of a cult experience, and our intention is to broaden its appeal and its support base dramatically. We're not promising people the Premiership, the English Premiership, or Syria A, but we are giving a firm commitment that the league here will start to fulfil its potential and that more and more people will come away from games having had a very positive and enjoyable experience. Now, that day, they said the aim by the end of that season was to increase attendances by two-thirds. We've seen nothing like those numbers achieved. We've seen in the meantime clubs put under pressure to count everybody from the first aid people to the ball boys in their attendances. We've seen no kind of substantial change uh, in in the way the game is run, essentially, other than it's run out of an office in Abbottstown rather than one in Marion Square, which was staffed directly by the league. We see nothing like the investment that's needed. And, and we had the Conroy report last year, and Conroy report did a reasonably decent you know, uh, uh, um, job of identifying the problems in the league, which everybody's aware of. But what it avoids
avoided was concluding what everybody's known, what, what, what Fran uh, Rooney said over a decade ago, I think it's 12 years ago now, he had a press conference in Jury's Hotel and said that the clubs were spending 20 million euro a year on simply kind of surviving and that they were hugely undercapitalized. And at that stage, I think, if I, my memory serves me correctly, I think he estimated that it would take 30 million euro uh, or pounds probably at the time in investment into the league to, to, to make a really substantial change. And what the Conroy uh, report avoided saying, because it's not what the FAI want to hear, is that tens of millions of euro are required to transform the League of Ireland. Mm-hmm. And, and I know a lot of people have been talking about it, and Brian mentioned it last night. It, it crops up time and time again that, that what's needed here is marketing. I happen to disagree with that. We saw before that they've attempted to market it. The product is not near you know, where it needs to be. The stadiums need to be transformed. The clubs need to have the resources to put in place proper youth structures. They, they need to be developing their players. They need to be getting people out of schools. They need to be continuing the process of improving the game, which has on the field improved considerably over the last decade or so. Mm-hmm. But that has been, you know, very little to do with the FAI here. They need to transform the game, not simply market what we have. I mean, I, I love the League of Ireland. I love going to games. But too many people, you know, uh, you have have to love football you have to love that kind of aspect of simply going to a game and, and loving it for itself what we're selling here is is supposed to be entertainment we're competing with the rest of the entertainment industry and huge investment is needed to get to the, the, the league here to the point where it can compete with the, the, the likes of cinemas and or simply staying at home sure. or watching or watching the english premier league and we haven't heard at any point from the fei how they propose to do that. Fran Gavin was saying last night that what what you know that they're going to sit down with individual clubs about their business plans. The the broader question of how the FAI simply changes the whole kind of landscape here has just been has been lost. And certainly Fran and, and nobody else at the FAI are, are are making the sort of kind of predictions that they used to hear they used to ten years ago because simply I don't think they they think they can do it. This is the SSE Electricity League podcast on News Talk, and that was Emmett Malone of the Irish Times speaking on Off the Ball earlier in the week. He hit the nail on the head, really, didn't he? He did. And one of the people in this scenario that I feel sorry for that's coming out as the sort of the enemy of the League of Ireland is Frank Gavin, mm-hmm. which I think is very harsh on him. He's coming out. Uh, he's the face of the FBI's representation as League of Ireland as the competitions director. And this man is being blamed for a lot of decisions which he probably has very little or no say over. And he is... A, yeah. for, uh, he's the proverbial lamp to the slaughter, sadly. This is not a one-person problem. It takes more than one person to solve this. The problem... It's an institutional problem. Exactly. Look, the problem with League of Ireland football, and you know I'm a pretty casual fan. I can... Mm. Like, if I don't go to a game for a couple of months, it doesn't particularly bother me, even though I do this podcast. I do enjoy it. The trouble is, if you look at rugby, let's take Munster as the perfect example. They went out and they grabbed fans and they built up their fan base because people had the impression that you could see a top-class professional sport being played in Ireland. The players were accessible. You could reach out and touch them. You could meet them on the street. You could talk to them. There was no real separation between you and the players. The image of success was also branded on the team, even when they weren't succeeding. Okay, granted, they were winning big games, but they weren't winning trophies, etc. The problem with the League of Ireland, I think, is that institutionally there has been this attitude, or there's been this institutionalised attitude of, Oh, that crowd among your casual supporters. And what Munster showed is you need that casual supporter. There's no good in 
preaching to hardcore League of Ireland fans. We're going to hear a Vox will, Pop. They will go no matter what. Exactly. We're going to hear a Vox Pop in a while. And even that's a little bit misleading because they're already at a game and I'm talking to yeah. them about what more can be done. Like hail, rain or dart-related thunder, they will always turn up to these games. Exactly, exactly. But what Munster showed us is that you need that floating supporter. You need that floating voter, if you will, and I think to, to come along to your game. And Munster, once they lost that in the last couple of years due to their lack of success on the field, have I won't say struggled financially, yeah. but their revenue certainly has been hit. Look at basketball in the 80s. They just collected this massive following because people were desperate for a showpiece event now the league's problem is is that people are looking at it and going oh that crowd they're so whingy they fight among themselves the facilities are trouble or the facilities aren't great like the Carlisle grounds is a nice ground but what really let it down last night and this is a big deal if you're bringing a family this is a big deal for me Mm. I'd be put off going back there because when I went in to the toilets on one side of the ground there was no soap you couldn't wash your hands right I went into the porta cabins or the porta potties on the other side there was no spray to wash yeah. your hands like you would have it at a festival or something like that. That's just one example. The there attitude are, of infighting of, didn't the, help over there the There are years. a lot of basic facilities in League of Ireland grounds. I know you've mentioned uh, the Carlisle grounds there because you were there last night, but there are so many grounds around the league that, for a better word, the total mm. facilities are pretty rubbish. And, and, and that's a and big thing, and that's just one example. It it's is a big the thing, image. but in the, in the grand scheme of things, it's a tiny thing, but it's those little things yeah. that will... It will, what's a better word I'm looking for? It will sort of not appeal to families. Yeah. They won't come back because if the facilities, people, uh, League of Ireland clubs look at it as if the stands and the pitch yeah. and the players. When you go to a Those rugby match, things, you go you to a that. rugby match in the RDS, Donnybrook if it's there, Thoman Park, uh, Kingspan Raven Hill or the Aviva, you know that there'll be decent shops, there'll be yeah. decent foods available by match standards you'd be able to wash your hands properly mm. you know it's very family friendly in that sense you, you, you're not always guaranteed those facilities when you go to a League of Ireland game that's not true of all grounds but like even somewhere like Daly Mount Park Bowls are a fantastic club there are some pretty fantastic people involved yeah. but it's an eyesore when you look around the ground you know the fact that it's literally crumbling in some parts maybe not literally but it looks crumbly yeah. in some parts one stand that has this fantastic history is completely closed off another part of it is a car park that doesn't look great I mean one of the things that made Dundalk's night the other night is that Tala looks good I know it's not finished on two ends but what's there is is good it looks good Turner's Cross when it's full it looks good Turner's Cross is without a show that are the best stadium in the country exactly and when exactly. you have that it works very well. Same with, uh, as you mentioned, Tala has two sides. Uh, DC Park has two sides. Yeah. The Showgrounds has three sides. Yeah. But from a Sligo Rovers fan, the worst thing about the Showgrounds is the old shed end because it's just now a car park. Yeah. And like, but uh, it still clubs, looks good, Dan, because you know what's there is good. True, but clubs still need to think of the bigger picture that yeah. while they're looking at the on-field activities, they need to give a package to fans yeah. and families and new fans to come in and try and appeal them. And the most important thing they and the FAI need to do is establish a direction because in fairness to Fran Gavin this week he has come out he has faced questions but all he's able to do is give bland cliched answers of yeah. we're working together we want to work together Creating and it means 
nothing there's no specifics and I don't even want to get into this five grand grant that Pats and Derry don't want to take I don't even want to get into the war of words or the the bitter petty responses between them and the FAI because again that makes the league look bad that puts your floating voter off they're going oh that League of Ireland crowd they're at it again that's what puts people off can I just say in regards to the Fran Gavin's being about creating the environment for clubs like Shamrock Rovers and Dundalk to get into group stages of European competition in recent years Dundalk have one of the worst stadiums in the country and I think that's widely accepted by most fans to have including their own including their own to have the plastic pitch they have a terrace which they've had to put seats into a few years ago to get uh, European games in the ground and their main stand is uh, even though it's uh, one of the biggest it's certainly one of the oldest in the league and sitting up there there's benches there's very little seats yeah and I appreciate, no I appreciate we don't have someone from the clubs here and we don't have someone from the FAI here. Yeah. But I'm okay with that because we've heard from the FAI during the week. And I also think what we're saying isn't overly harsh. No. On the clubs, it's We're saying it as floating voters. Yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, it's a yeah. lot of facilities and a lot of things that people have already said about the yeah. clubs. I know I would be more of a regular League of Ireland attendee than you would be yourself, but going to grounds, yeah. especially for away fans, there's a lot of facilities that do need uh, to be improved upon. If you have a family, if you have a son or a daughter, if you have a nephew or a niece, and I say to you, which one do you take your son stroke daughter, nephew stroke niece to? The sports grounds or the show grounds? Honestly? Yeah. Show grounds. Why? Because I think if you asked, if, if you compared that to another League of Ireland ground to the sports grounds, I'd probably pick the sports grounds. The show grounds is one of the better grounds in the yeah. country. If you compare Finn Park, for example, to the sports grounds, I would pick Bring Your Kids to the Sports Grounds. Yeah. Uh, and it's more an event and there's no negativity around Connacht at the moment and it's creating positivity is the key here. Right, look, as I said, we've already heard this week from the FAI across various uh, media. You, you saw Fran Gavin on Soccer Republic. You heard from Emmett and, and Stewie on Off the Ball. Let's hear from some of the fans. And I am going to stress, and you know this yourself already, this is very non-scientific. And if you're talking to fans at a game, they're already League of Ireland fans. But it's always interesting to get their views. And as we said earlier, Dundalk and Bray, that game is an interesting microcosm because you have a presently successful club and a club that are presently struggling. So I spoke to supporters from both and the question was very simple. Are the FAI doing enough or... Is it up to the clubs to do more? Sure, the clubs are working very hard to keep the whole show on the road and uh, the FAI need to look at the grassroots and uh, get out of their suits and into their track suits and start working for the game locally. What do you think they need to do? What could they do? Well, they could give a bit more than 5,000 a club to have a have a feasibility study. You'd give that to your... Uh, local badminton club never mind a league of ireland club so they need to get real they need to spread the money around and and, and put it into the clubs they uh, they need to come up with uh, major ideas on grounds look what we are here today trying to watch watch a match ga facilities are far better they never cared about the league. The only time they took an interest in the league when something like this happens, Dundalk have a bit of success in Europe. They think they can jump in on top of it, make a bit of money, a bit of publicity, act like they care about the league. They don't care. They don't give a damn about it. What did they do that's so wrong? No what interest. Right. What did they do is right. No promotion, no interest, no funding. Any money they do make, like the Euros made a bit of money off of that, and how much of that trickles down to the likes of us in the league. Dundalk did well in Europe, fair play to them, but no other club has seen any support from the FAI, and I don't think they will for a long, long time. Bray are struggling as an entity, not just 
in the table you could argue but let's just look at the table why do you come to league matches it's something that like yeah my dad brought me when i was younger so it's just something that uh, i've grown up with and that's the thing like it's league of Ireland football is kind of something that's like in the in your family or they you don't really get into it like you know when you're younger a few people might come along but as soon as people get older they start kind of moving away to other things they can do on nights and uh, that's when you do like there's loads of and do you think more could be done by those who run the league to keep people involved and possibly attract an even wider audience in because that's not happening there's a core but that's it that hasn't grown since the FAI took over yeah well that's completely it when you look at it like I think it's about they took about 61,000 uh, in fines from the clubs last year. Like if that was put into a marketing budget and put towards the league, surely like you'd see huge billboards all over the place and you'd be enticing people in. But at the moment, just none of that happens. It's domino effect. You put put money into the clubs, better facilities, better promotion, better marketing. People start coming to the games. Teams will improve. The level, the standard will go up, and the more interest will be created around the country. Did you see Brian Kerr's rant? Yeah, he's a legend. He was right. On. He was spot on. Absolutely spot on. Yeah. Say what we're all. Say what we're all thinking. Well, in my opinion. Fair play to him. Yeah. You're obviously Bray Wanderers fans. Yes. Do you think enough is being done to promote the league, either by the clubs themselves individually, or the FAI? Because it's the responsibility of both, I suppose. I think both definitely. I mean, to be honest, I don't think the FAI do enough. To be honest with you, that three person at five thousand Asian thing, we're talking about twenty euro a week, just a joke to me. To be honest, I don't personally think the FAI do enough now to promote our national league. The only team to care with Dundalk when they got rid of the final What more could the FAI do? Just put they could put more money into it. I mean, it's obviously had a windfall from Ireland in the Euros which is great as well for a national team but they could need to promote more money at grassroots level as well that's how it starts and they just where would you it. like to see them put the money would you like to see them put it into facilities into clubs starting academies so in years to come they could have better players well, or would you like to see just pure brand marketing big signposts TV ads well, etc a bit of everything really try and divide it I mean that's what you have to do start from the bottom as well facilities would start some clubs I mean all bits been done here recently which is a good thing I mean uh, everything really just to just give the league a better image that's personally what I feel anyway what did you think of Brian Kerr's comments on uh, Soccer Republic the other night I thought he was spot on I see someone kind of came out honestly and just said it said it as it is they're not doing enough but I think that some of the clubs need to take some responsibility themselves for sorting out their own finances um, it can't all come down to the FAI but what the FAI need to do is stop focusing on the international team and focus more on uh, grassroots when you say grassroots do you mean helping clubs start academies and build up facilities or what exactly do you mean because grassroots is a really yeah, broad term we, we can't rely on English teams to take our players who are 16 years old and turn them into issues international footballers and um, the FAI has to give the clubs the resources to get players to the level of being 20 21 years old and then they can go over to England and make a career for themselves yeah should they just play and simply hand over more cash as well to, to run teams no they shouldn't just hand over cash to the clubs either because the clubs won't do the right things with it necessarily yeah. they need to they need to fund infrastructure make the facilities right for the clubs to uh, to set up for success is the league better or worse since the FAI took it over? It's much the same, really. Yep. A selection of fans from the Carlisle Grounds on Wednesday night done dock up against Bray. A good microcosm there because you've got a currently successful club and a club that are currently struggling. Although you wouldn't think it to look at their performance. Bray beating Dundalk by two goals to one. Uh, in reaction to what's gone on over the last week, the statements between Derry, St. Pat's and the FAI and the various comments coming from Brian Kerr 
uh, Stewie Byrne, Emmett Malone, among others, that the FAI maybe need to do more. Maybe there needs to be a bit more clarification. The Premier League Clubs Association have actually released a very clear statement on where they're going and what they're doing. There's a lot of detail in this, folks, so try and concentrate if you can. Daniel? Yeah, I'm actually going to read this very slowly because, as Please Oshin do, yeah. said, it is very detailed. The Premier Clubs Alliance came out with a statement last night and it reads as follows. The PCA met again this evening. We had a very fruitful meeting and it was agreed we'll continue to work constructively with the FAI for the betterment of the League of Round. And that is the end of the statement. That sounds like an ecumenical matter to it me. It does. And uh, counting it up here, it's around 35 words long. So strong words from the PCA. Okay, let's take a look ahead to the fixtures this week. On Friday, Cork City up against Bohemians. Cork City six points behind Dundalk, but with two games in hand. St. Pat's playing Galway. Sligo up against Shamrock Rovers, the Battle of the Rovers there. Finn Harps up against Derry City in a Northwest Derby. And Wexford taking on Longford Town. That's a huge game because Wexford are five points above Longford Town, who are bottom. Wexford 11th. Bray in 10th, but on 18 points, five behind Finn Harps after their win and their very important win. Sorry. I've miscounted again. Bray on 20 points. Three points behind Finn Harps after their fantastic win over Dundalk. Uh, pretty basic maths and I messed up. Oshin do maths bad. Oshin does maths bad. Yes. Uh, first division fixtures. First division fixtures. Four games this weekend. Two on Friday, two on Saturday. The, the Friday night games are UCD at home to Drogheda. That's second against third at 7.45. Also 7.45. Roddy Collins, Waterford United take on Shelburne. On Saturday, Limerick entertain Cabin TD at 2pm. And at 7.15, Cove are against Athlone. Looking at the table, Limerick are a only 19 points clear of UCD. Is that all? Just, Ooh, just the 19. Uh and there's eight games left in the season, so that's a maximum of 24 points left up for grabs between the teams this season. So I think it's fair to say Limerick will have the league won by probably the time you hear this. Um, do you know why I had it in my head that Bray only took one point out of that game against Dundalk? Uh, has it something to do with a goal that may or not have had a chocolate-related incident? Yes. Uh, as we outlined earlier, I may or may not have been off to get a milky bar when Carl Moore stuck away his free kick, which we spoke to him afterwards about. And... Uh, I kind of didn't let on to him that I didn't see his goal. I'm sure he'll hear this. Because I saw it in know, spirit, though. Uh, League of Ireland players are avid listeners of this podcast. They are. But his brother Paul is. I used to work with his brother Paul, who's a good chap. That's nice. He's like Carl, not as good looking, not as sound, but he's okay. That's good. Hi, Paul. I have no idea who you are, but I'm sure I'll take Oshin's word for it. He's a sound man, and quite frankly, Dan, you could do it being nice to him, you could do it with all the friends that you can get. If you want to be Dan's friend, or just, just <laughs> randomly abuse him, how do we get you on Twitter? Uh, you can get me on Twitter at Daniel, And you can get me on at Oshin Langan. We're going to tweet you out Richie McCormick's mobile number so you can ring him at uh, you know 2am in the morning Brazilian time and wake him up. It's great fun. He loves it. We've done it a couple of times ourselves. Go, oh, we... We forgot you were in Brazil and that there was a time difference. Sorry. Uh, okay, folks. Talk to you next week. Enjoy the week. By the way, the very best of luck to Dundalk who play Legia Warsaw. Legia or Legia? Uh, I would say Legia. Let's just say Warsaw. They play Warsaw next week in the Aviva in the Champions League. Get out. Support Dundalk. And, uh, Ticket then... prices are also very good. That's worth saying for the game. Uh, who do we congratulate for that? Uh, 100% Dundalk. Even though the FAI granted them the stadium and well done to the FAI for that. Uh children's tickets are a fiver adults are 10 and 15 and I think the fancy seats are 30 but still that's brilliant going this by this podcast could go on for another hour if we were to start on that okay uh, Dan thank you very much uh, we'll be back next week uh, enjoy your weekend uh, listen if you're out and about this weekend the milky bars are on no wait a minute milky bars and milky way are different aren't they they are uh, just enjoy the you're out this idiot. one from 1990 yeah that's correct bye I'm the red car you're the blue car All Red wants to do is stuff his face 
drinks, fluffy and light. Cause he knows it won't spoil his appetite. Oh no, the bridge has gone. Old Red can't carry on. But Spot 